Ben, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for uh, for doing this, man. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Um, no so, not a lot of people will necessarily have heard of you because you know you 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 weren't out there uh, in the pro strongman scene. Uh, you have really done some incredible things recently, and I am man. You caught my attention. I am. I'm super super excited to see kind of. Uh, where you're going to go from here so talk me through a little bit of your kind of your strongman career because you've you've actually been doing really quite well for for a decent amount of time now um so so kind of take me through kind of how you got involved and how long it's taken you to get to where you are yeah so uh my first year of competing was 2012 um i was the i won a first time as comp called um uh, Champions of the Future, and then I went on to do my Wales Strongest Man, which was I come fifth that year, and that was my first one. And I've done that with Rip Foster, who's the owner of Strong, and um, so we kind of got into it together. Um, but um, I never really saw it as anything but a hobby. It was just something to do. I was I've always been fairly strong within my group of peers, and. I thought it was just quite fun to do. So I started doing them. But then you get this bit of a bug that you just need to you need to do more strongman stuff. At the, at the time I was competing, I was, uh, at the time when I first started, I, I was well into my kayaking. Um, I was going all over the world kayaking and every, everything like that. Um, and then it just, over gradual time, kayaking uh, you know, went down there and strongman came up. Um, but all the time, I would say up until my third win of World's Strongest Man, uh, which was this year. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, I, I probably, you know, I never thought of myself as a strongman. I never put um, Ben Badgerbonning strongman on my Facebook. You know, I never sold that. I, I told the people that I'd done strongman, but I never was a strongman. It was just, um, it was just, a, a, thing. a hobby, yeah. yeah. Um, and then as soon as I as soon as I done that, and then um, and then you kind of you go to Britain's, and then you got this big arena around you, and then fans cheering your name, and and it just it hits something at home. You're like, this is more than just a hobby now. This is something surreal. Um, and I kind of wish I had that feeling a few years back because it's only since um, it's only since winning Wales for the third time that I thought, yeah, I'm going to give it everything. So I started sacrificing time, um, money, and everything. You know, everything now is just strongman, and I'm trying to get to the point now that strongman's going to be my job. So um, it's just it, it's kind of annoying that it took so long, but at the same time. I've got a really good basis of strength. I haven't peaked too soon that I've got loads of injuries. Um, so I think in that sense, that is a good thing. I took my time to get to this level. Um, but then another sense, I could have been here a lot sooner, but I'll probably be dragging around a few, you know, hanging off limbs or something, you know. <laughs> so, and, uh, that's that's really of... interesting that you say that. Do you think that that's kind of something that's quite common within the sport of strongman is that you see a lot of guys that are kind of trying so hard to get to the pro scene 
too quickly too and actually quickly. they're not letting their bodies develop enough in time to handle that strain and handle that load and then when they go into competitions yeah. you know they end, they're pulling their back they're tearing discs hamstrings yeah. and stuff like that it, and, and nowadays i don't think it needs to be competition you just see online that i don't know um for example someone on my level aaron page you see online that he's he's deadlift it's just wrong so you like i'm gonna do that i'm gonna i'm gonna match my deadlift and then you try and try and try and then that's when you start breaking yourself um, you know, so you need to have um, you need to just have a constant training regime. So your your level of strength should just be raising like that. What you see sometimes is people come onto the scene, burst onto the scene, they do that with their strength, and then suddenly they're gone. You know, where they're gone? Like the, you hear stories of people going, "Oh, do you know so and so? He was a really good strongman. Well, where is he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, and he, and he's gone. like thirty four years old or something like that, and he's yeah. and he's retired because yeah, he's yeah. he's torn both hammies. That's um, yeah, that's it's 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 really interesting, isn't it? So um, I that's some good. Pardon? Now I said I'm not injured. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. Pra praise the Lord. So, um, have you had someone like been doing your programming behind the scenes? Do you do your own programming? And if so, how do you kind of um, auto regulate that? Yeah, so um, I went and done, um, I went and signed on with Delroy McQueen, um, and he kind of like proper switched my mind about how to train and stuff. Because before him, it was I'll pick a number. And if I didn't achieve it, then that would be a waste of a session. Um, and he kind of like changed my mindset of like, don't don't really pick numbers, pick like reps, and then get up to a max, and then work drop down and do some reps at percentage of that max type thing. So really, and that really changed how I started to train myself. Um, I had some funding issues, and then so I couldn't carry on training with him. Um, but I trained at a group called Big Dogs, and you got Dale Peters who um who's britain's master um and he's been he's got numerous titles i couldn't even tell you what they are um then you got um uh gareth wallace who's just been in it for so many years and uh, we've got uh sean mccray who's who's the most book smart technical person i know um and then on the sideline you've got like rick foster who's just his supplement um knowledge is unreal so you kind of use all these together to to program yourself but it's not i couldn't take all this credit i, I wouldn't say i program myself it's it's a group a group um collaboration really yeah that's really interesting so obviously uh you've you've kind of we talk about how your strength is kind of gradually peaking and and kind of you've recently burst onto the scene so obviously there's there's going to be a place of uh the right people asking you to come to the right events and obviously the the fantastic opportunity you were given at, at Europe's Strongest Man, if people don't necessarily know. Ben, how long how long a notice were you given before you were asked to compete at Europe's? Um so it was uh, it was the World's Strongest Man tour, uh what I got was um it was three weeks notice, so it's two weeks of training. <sighs> That's that, insane. That straight yeah, that came straight after so the reason I got that is because we're official strongman games European champion. That was it, yeah. And sorry, yeah. Because I won that, then I got um which uh, I won that because of Wales Strongest Man. But you can just apply online. You can just get invited to it. So um so doing that, um Darren Sadler and Colin Bryce were there and they 
saw how well I'd done in that one. So they just went, come and give this a go. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure, I'll do that. Um, so yeah, went and gave it a go. And you, um, I wanted, I wanted to be fifth, fifth, sixth, you know, and then I'd be like, people start recognizing me and then, you know, they show that, yeah, I'm good enough to mix with these guys. And, and then that day happened and I walked away second and it's just exploded. And literally yeah. you fucking changed everything that night. Yeah. I remember, I remember because dude, I, I watched, uh, I watched the live stream of it and I remember just sitting there just going, holy shit, Ben is just on fire tonight. And it was yeah. like, mate, your stars just like aligned. You came out of nowhere. Everyone had zero expectation. No one really Even knew who you were. And you just like, you just got after it. And every single event, it's like you came back, you're a little bit stronger, you're a little bit more focused. And I kind of, <clears throat> watching and following your stuff, that kind of tends to be your kind of forte, isn't it? It's kind of, you get quite worked up with the first event and you might have a little wobble there and then you just really, yeah, you just yeah. get into your own little regime and you get into your own little circuit and then you just... <sighs> It's like you just, it's almost like you need to get comfortable into it. How does it feel from your end? Is it like a nerve thing? What is it? So, um, uh, I've changed my, my point of view in my head. And his uh, strongman, uh, I would say 80% of it is mind games. If you can trick yourself, you're, you're halfway there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's brilliant. It's, uh, so, in my head, um, from as far as you can. See, so, so, so while I was strong, this man, I had months to train for that. So for months, I was visualizing myself winning every single event. I probably going through in my head, visualizing the win, visualizing holding up the trophy, visualizing absolutely everything. So when you get there, in your mind, you already won. So I'd hate to see what happened if I didn't win. <laughs> I'd probably cry a lot. But in my <laughs> mind, I already won. But um, so... With that, you go there and you got a bit of calm about you. But at the same time, my whole mindset is, I know what I can do in the gym. If I can beat that, then then I won. So if I, if I went out to the world um, and trained everything, and uh, I said, I know I can do that, and then I beat myself, if someone beats me, they deserve it. There's nothing I can do about it. There's no changing the stars is it you can't ask for any more than your personal best yeah. that's that that's like kind yeah, of something right. that my dad always said like you, you can only it's like that whole cliche thing of you can only ever do your best and it is it as much as it yeah. fucking sucks on the day it's true like you yeah. can but with that um, so that's going into wales i thought you know you got people like mark jeans came back and you know he's always going to be one not what i'll be worrying about you got gavin Bilton. You got Matt Diamond, you got loads of people there, even Dale, who I train with. You know, I'd never, like, I'll never um, run him out of the books. But it's just, um, you you know what you can do, you beat yourself, and then you go in there with a bit of calm. Because you're just like, no matter what happens, I'm going to thrash my PBs in the gym. And then if someone beats me, they deserve that title. So there's no putting pressure on yourself. And then you've got people who start putting pressure on themselves. Um, yeah, I saw it at um, the World Tour. Loads of people were doing interviews and saying how they're going to win. They're going to do this, and I'm and I'm there like I'm just here. 
So I'm just enjoying passion. myself, guys. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, going into Wales, I never gave it a big one. Like, I, I knew I was capable of the win, you know, and if anything, I, you know, that's the title I want the most because it's the one I chased for since 2012. So I knew I was capable of the win, but so are, so are other people. So there's no point going, I'm going to thrash it, I'm going to do this. You might get loads of people following you on Instagram, but when you don't do it, you look like a tosser. <laughs> it's, it's, it's true. It's, it's, it's really strange. There's, there is kind of like this kind of ethos that you kind of have to put yourself out there and you have to say like, I'm going to win this and you have to state your claim. And it, kind of, it gets to a point where it's like, well... I've heard seven people today all say the yeah. same thing. Like, I'm been. sorry, guys, but there's only one fucking trophy. So uh, yeah. I'm sorry, but one of you is walking away with it. But Yeah. But, you know, if that's how people need to motivate themselves, then, then carry on. But I think what would get in my head, if I told people that I would win and I didn't, and it could be a random in the street. If I saw him again, I'd be like, oh, my God. <laughs> Can't look at you. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, it's Yeah, I guess... To an extent, it's you're holding yourself accountable, but then also psychologically, if you don't get that, then also that kind of fucks you up as well from a psychological standpoint. But that's the thing, like, again, you're just, you're very cool, calm and collected. And I like that kind of, like that methodology of, well, if I can smash it in the gym, then I can smash it when I get out there. And that's actually something that's kind of like an ethos that myself and Rob Frampton worked with my training for a long time. And it was like, train hard compete easy if you can literally if you can bust ass in the gym and you can smash your pbs and you can actually hit the rep range that you want to with the with a comp weight then you know that when you walk up on the day even if someone has matched that you're like okay well i know i can at least do that so let's see how it goes and you can just relax into a little bit more it's um even with the world it's not always the case which is a shame but you go to comps, and I like to be at the point that I know I can do all the weight, so the weight's fine for me, and it's just a case of how many reps this and how many reps that. Mm-hmm. So I like, so for example, yoke, say it's a 400 kilo yoke. I know I can do a 400 kilo yoke. So there's no need for me to train heavy. There's need for me to work on my speed. Mm-hmm. So going there not really knowing what you can do, you just know you can do it. So, so even come up to um, the Worlds, two weeks notice, I just trained the events and got used to them. I didn't even touch the weight. I went up to, the, the first week I went up to uh, just off the weight on all the events and done a little bit just to see just if I Just testing the waters, yeah. So when I got there, I weren't, I weren't fucked. Yeah, it, I'm hoping I'm I'm past the point of going to the comp where the week before I had to pull the the comp weight because I really didn't know if I could do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is that's that's often the case, especially at grassroots. Like, yeah, yeah. So when you when you kind of said about worlds, there are you kind of referring to the fact that there was this big thing that that worlds took absolutely forever. To, to tell everyone what the weights were and then even pretty much within 48 hours we're, we're changing altering weights before you guys even stepped up onto the platform um I, I didn't know anything <laughs> but um they, they, it's a comp and you know you go uh, oh, it's a, um, 
ultimate strongman. Um, you go to their comps, and sometimes the, the day will be changed, and it's it's. And you go to little comps, and exactly the same. Uh, Wales, we had a chain. Oh, we had just got rid of a event because we couldn't get a vehicle down to the, the the stage. So it's um. You have to be basically it's strong man. You have to be good all round. So if you, I know the 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 thing of it is to train for a certain event, but why why should you just train for six events to be good at those six events? If that needs to change for someone else, you should, in theory, be good at that because you're a strong man, not a axle lifting man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Every single every single comp I've been to has changed some form or another. Even uh, my my missus has got a comp, um, uh, the Queen of the North, and they said weather dependent, it'll be this or this. And I think that's brilliant. So you don't get there and go, oh, I've trained really hard in sandbags and now it's cake. So, well, we yeah. told you. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's like, but I don't know, every comp changes. There's no, there's no need to... But that, but you're, you're quite right in what you've said there is that it's nice because although, <clears throat> and I've been in enough Facebook groups to experience it firsthand, like as much as people bitch and moan about these changes and everyone wants to know like, is the car deadlift front handles or side handles? Can I use wraps? Am I allowed figure of eights? Can I use... It's like... Just pick, the fucking, just pick the fucking weight up and put it down again. Yeah. And that's it. If you can do it, then you have achieved that lift. And if you can't do yeah. it, then you need to work on that lift. And that's what I love about Strongman. It's just black and it's just white. There is no yeah. in-between there. It's like, if you're good, you're good. And if you're not, you're not. You can't cheat the strong. Yeah, it's good. Like uh, Dale was running a comp and people were messaging him um, asking him the diameter of the bar that would be on the, the Viking. He's like, what? Why would that even matter? <laughs> that is phenomenal. You yeah. can imagine yeah. Brian Shaw doing that with his uh, with his tape, tape measure. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's a little bit intense, isn't it? So I'm interested to, to, to hop back because earlier on you were talking about the fact that you had kind of gone all around the world with your kayaking. Now, I didn't know anything about that. So in regards to, to your kayaking, was that what at like a national level you were at with that? And how does that work? Um, kayaking is a bit different to, uh, to strongman. So you can get onto the, the circuit. You can start doing um, downriver racing. Uh, you can start doing um, creek boating. You can start doing rojo. But... Um, we just kayak for fun um, and worked. So we were teaching people. So we, we went out to say the Zambezi, and we would um, we would kayak for fun, and then when we run out of money, teach people, and then we kayak for fun, and when we run out of money, we would teach people. And like, we lived in tents, and it's just it's a bit it's a bit slummish, but you're on the Zambezi, it doesn't matter. It's beautiful. Yeah, you got to watch out for the snake. It's, <laughs> no, it's actually brilliant. Um, yeah, we went out to, to the Ganges and um, worked as a, as a raft guide. And then on my days off, we'd go off and find a river in the middle of a mountain somewhere. And, and it's just, yeah, it's not really, you can get onto the circuit, but there's a lot of people who just don't even touch any form of, of event. They just, they just go for fun. Yeah, yeah. So uh, when you when you do it kind of for fun, 
is this a case of that you have to go down certain like regulated rivers and stuff like is are there like kind of grading systems for things so you're not having like beginners just stumble upon these yeah, kind of so like super high grade there's there's a there's a whole grading system going from grade one to six six being unrunnable so grade five would be or grade five plus would be like the the top you'll go to um every kayaker should know these systems and should know what they're capable of but there's no regulations to it if you just buy a kayak and um, if we got a river just here you can just go and kayak it you know because you have to find your way onto it you can't go past people with lands and stuff like that but if you find your way onto the river you can just go for it there's no stopping it um but obviously you shouldn't and cover my own back <laughs> <laughs> So, so it's really interesting because I, I feel like obviously everyone's pasts have certain impacts and carryovers, obviously to strongman, and because strongman is such a multifaceted sport that you have so many different elements in the fact of your mobility and your static and the different shapes and sizes of the implements, and it suits different body types massively differently each different event. Obviously, like we see a lot of people that come over for like we get people come over from from powerlifting, from like contact sports like myself, like rugby, uh, athletics. Don't know of any other kayakers that have come across. So, like, do you feel? Obviously, I'm thinking about the the motion of kayaking, and it's super back shoulder dominant and very very grip and arm uh, heavy. I would have thought. So, what kind of carryover do you think that gave you coming into strongman? Um. Uh, kayaking's all body really you you use a lot of hips and legs much more than you would think so okay. because every time, every time you paddle you push with your foot so then you're keeping your boat straight and flying through um, otherwise you just start kayaking like that so you need to push with your feet as you're paddling forwards so your your hips and your legs come into a, a vast amount but yeah obviously your shoulders and your, your grip is, is uh, immensely important otherwise you lose your paddles constantly um, especially on like the White Nile, you know, you get stuck in one of those stoppers and you paddle get bit back your hand. That's it. You're going for a swim, and if you go for a swim on the White Nile, you disappear for like 20, 30 seconds before you pop up. And, yeah, Jesus that wasn't, that wasn't fun. So, have you, <laughs> I was gonna say, have you had a few kind of close calls yourself in regards to that sort of stuff, where you're kind of bit enough more than you can I chew? Say, close call. I wouldn't say close calls, uh, but moments when your ass starts twitching for sure. Yeah. Uh, I survived that many rivers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, in regards to kind of coming uh, away from that and coming into strongman, did you? Were, how big were you back then? Like, have you put on like surmountable size from then? Have you had to make a, a big transformation? Have you always been like just a bigger built guy your whole life? Uh, I've always been a bigger built guy. Um, I'm only six foot. Uh, six foot one, but I've always been a bigger built guy from the people who I was with. Um, and then, so putting on size is a bit weird because it was just a hobby. I just got fat at one point before the muscle came into Which it. Which I think happens then, a lot in strongman. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a way to, if you call yourself a strongman, you're not fat, you're an athlete. Oh, dude, you've said it. Yes, that has been officially put out on the internet. I'm so glad someone has finally said that. I've been thinking that in my head for so long. People just get fat and they're like, hey, I'm a strongman, it's cool. You're like, oh, no, you can't be saying that. That's not the case anymore. The sport's changed. 100%. Right? You've got to be fit. 
That's why I've started doing shit loads of fucking medleys and stuff. Because you can't keep up. You got to be. You got to be fit now. It's so why do you think that is? What 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 do you think the kind of what would you think the big change was there? I think it's the it's just the look of people. I think like if you look at people now, say rugby, if you look at that twenty years ago, they just look like they're walled out of a pub, and now they look like complete fucking athletes and monsters. Um, you're like fucking hell. I'd love to do that. I'd love to be part of that. And then you got kids want the kids and, and young adults wanting to be that because the way they look. And I think it's the same with strongman. It's you, you had your big muscly people, but on the scale of it, you had quite a lot of fat people. And now that's changing a lot. To you get more more well built well built people rather than yeah. rotund people. I think to grow the sport. You need that kind of look, and you need people to start doing impressive stuff, which is carrying what looks like a heavy implement many times. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be heavy. Like we do a lot of stuff with logs, and it looks much more impressive than it is. <laughs> well, I think it's it's the whole it's the whole concept of that to an average Joe. When you have uh, like a Slater log, for example. They've never picked up a Slater's log in their life. If average Joe tried to mount that on their chest, they would fucking keel over and die. So the fact that you're lifting that is incredible anyway. And that in itself looks impressive. But what people don't then see is, oh, okay, have they got five plates on the end there? Have they got six? Have they got 10? Have they got 12? To the average Joe, they don't know what that is. They don't care what that is. That could be one kilo plates. That could be 100 kilo plates. But when you see someone really fucking struggling like carrying an anchor in their arms and, and you go yeah, yeah. oh jesus christ this is like a real life anchor man yeah, like, yeah 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 exactly they know, but anchors are heavy you know? yeah and you know, so i think taking stuff like that and just to you just want the sport to look better than it has been so like these um shows like the world tour in a big arena fireworks going off flames big tv screen the sport needs stuff like that because then people will want to be a part of it and then the sport will grow bigger it would be harder to get to the world it's much harder because the sport will be much bigger but you need stuff like that to to make it better and but also i, I do think it's a lot about the look of the people because you're trying to influence the younger generation to get into the sport and if we're all, you know, and I'm allowed to say it because I've been one, we're all, if we're all just big fat bays, <laughs> it's not going to make the sport very well. So Yeah, 100%. That's really cool. I'm really glad that you've, that you've kind of spoken about that. That's, it's a really, really interesting topic. So do you kind of feel, do you feel like this was the right move for the sport? And do you think that it's got the attention that it kind of needed to kind of, because I think we can all kind of admit that strongman for probably like the past well it's really started to pick up traction and i would say probably like the past like five ten years before that, it was very very stagnant and it was very very niche and if you enjoyed it like conveniently you speak to people now and apparently everyone watch it watched uh what strongest man with yeah. their dad when they were a kid but the actual people that watched it was a very small number yeah yeah i think i think you know it at its its peak in it back in Back in like the Jeff Cates era, and, and the, uh, you know, because you speak to any British person, they know Jeff Cates, they know Bill Kazma. And then. And you go, try and name and, someone else 
that yeah, is an yeah. Eddie Hall uh, yeah. outside of that, and then you just watch their face go. Um, <laughs> Terry Holland, yeah, okay, yeah. he's another yeah. man name, yeah. But it's just like, um, yeah, so <laughs> I think it is a correct move because you're making, um, you're making more householding names. So I think what's brilliant is to feel sure strong man. Um, I've been uh, chatting to the Gus, and he's just like, if you want me to come and film, just give me a holler. And I'll come and film, and I'll put you out there, and then you share it, you do this, you keep all this, like, I'll send you all the pictures, all the stuff, you just share it, keep sharing. Because if the sports gets bigger, he'll have more work. You know, so what benefits me will benefit him, and and it will benefit the sport. And as much as, you know, it, it, it works for me, selling myself, People need to sell themselves, but not just that. It needs to work with the sport. It can't just be ungrate, full stop. It needs to be ungrate. I do strong man, blah, 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 blah. This is how I got into it. This is where you can go. And then, yeah, people need to sell the sport more than just themselves. Uh, yeah, yeah. I definitely think that it's got a lot more traction. And you're you're very right in kind of what you're saying there, where the, the image is kind of getting... It's the it's the thing of the uh, yeah everyone's getting a lot leaner everyone looks a lot more physically impressive there is this huge huge influence around social media now that people should be pushing out their own content on YouTube channels and self publicizing and everyone's kind of becoming their own kind of like micro celebrity online anyways yeah. so then when they all come together you know I'm sure that there are a lot of people that only watch people's YouTube channels. And yeah, don't ever necessarily get around yeah, yeah. to watching a, a show in real life, and it's like yeah. it's it's so fascinating that that that's kind of where we're at now. Yeah, I just think yeah, big, big arena shows like what Giants Live are doing is is where it needs to go for the sport to get bigger and better. So, I, I think there should be some sort of federation, um, not as many as what powerlifting has, like maybe one, maybe two, but. Because you go to comps and they're all vastly different. If you go to one intermediate comp and you go to another intermediate comp, the weights are completely different. You go to an open comp and they've got the same weights as the novice comp. And you're just like, there's no there's no direct um on you know, on paper, this is the weights from from this bracket to this bracket of what needs to be in there. An, uh, an opens comp and what needs to be in a novice comp yeah. um, and there needs to be some sort of thing so you don't get those people who live in novice comps um, not you know it's difficult because some people don't ever progress past novice comps in their abilities so they should stay there but there needs to be you know if you win one or two comps you have to move on have to get out. You, you hear stories, don't you, about people living in those novice comps? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and then it'd be some sort of ranking. So, like, not not like a, a UK ranking where you see who's the best. But I don't. For, for example, in kayaking, you get stars. So, if you're a three star, that means you can do this. If you're one star, you can do that. If you're five star, you can do that. Yeah, almost like so, getting like a cap for your country in in like yeah. an international thing. So like getting your cap at Europe's or something like that. That would be yeah. That's a very very interesting concept. So uh, this is really really interesting. So for someone who 
I uh, um, I've left intermediates this year, and next year is my first year at opens with a view to, to to continue on to to kind of get into qualifiers to to be where you are that's kind of my dream and that's my end goal um how how do you think the system should should work in terms of the feeder system for getting people onto those circuits how does it currently work now and do you think that's the best way because i know there's a lot there can sometimes be a lot of influence with politics and stuff involved with with kind of these things so, uh, an open comp, meaning, I don't know, Joe Bloggs down the road just put on a comp. I mean, open the Joe one, open comp. It's down to the um, the guy who's running it to let a promoter to allow people in or to decline people because they are over, um, you know, they, they shouldn't be in that category. That can't be how it runs. Um, what it needs to be run is what you've done in the past and it needs to be on some sort of paper of why you should be there. So you don't get someone who's a world standard going to, I don't know, Shropshire's Strongest Man and just destroying everyone. Yeah, yeah. you get like Terry Holland's like rocks up to like your local yeah. comp and then just yeah. shit over everyone in the Opens competition yeah. and that person that is second on the podium has been working towards this competition for the last three yeah, years of their yeah. life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, that's what you want to try to avoid. Um, that's where like some sort of federation would go. But the, some 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 companies are doing it, but only at the higher level. So ultimate strongman, top four in Wales, no, top three in Wales, top three in Scotland, and top four in UKs go to UK strongest man, and then from there you're on you're on Glenn's radar, and if he approves of you, um, and he feels you earn it, you go do other comps like the World Teams or um, uh, what's the other one called um, Summer Mania. You do things like that. Um, so that's one way, but that's at, at an upper level, and then you got Giant Slive. So um, again. Um, Scotland's strongest man, Wales' strongest man. Uh, I don't think they used the the England one, but um, um, yeah, they they pick some people from England who they so do. Britain's is like the first comp of the year, isn't it? So it's like super, super yeah. early early on in the season. Yeah. So yeah, it makes sense. But um, so you go to Britain's, and then from there, that's a, a thing for Wales. But then again, you're already on their radar. So if they feel you deserve to go to Europe, so you deserve to go and do the world tour, then um, that will be that. But so again, are you saying that you would like to see that I the the way that you get onto, let's say, a Giants Live competition is it's okay if you uh, have achieved this, if you have won this competition, or you have pulled this, pressed this, done X, Y, and Z, then you automatically qualify. Is that kind of what you're thinking? Yeah, so, so I, I think at the top level, so being the, the especially for a, a comp called Britain's and, and UK's, being the top of your country, that needs to be there. But further down, if you had like some sort of, uh, like say like um, yeah, a ranking system. Yeah, yeah, like a seeding, yeah. like like yeah, how, how many comps have you done? How many points have you averaged, et cetera, et cetera. And then that means you're then invited to 
England's strongest man, or you're right to Scotland's strongest man, or Wales' strongest man, Ireland's strongest man. Um, you, that's that's how I feel we should get there. Um, because at the moment, uh, Wales is just open to anyone who wants to sign into it. And Scotland, they have a qualifier. I think they have like 30 people each time to Scotland's strongest man qualifier. That's a and big then, comp for a qualifier, Jesus. Yeah. And then you have, you have the same again for the for the actual comp. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of people. So if, if you had some sort of system to get there, then the comp would be smaller, yeah, but it will be a better It'll be shape. a true reflection of the ability yeah. that is out there in the strongman market. That's interesting. So let me ask you this then. So do you think that there are people that are out there in the strongman world that aren't being given the opportunity that they deserve to step up onto these international circuits? And if so, why? Um, I'm going to say yes, because there's a lot of strong people there who I know personally who either flaked out at the at the um, qualifier or um, not able to do it or just through injury or previous commitments and stuff uh, like that. Yeah. Um, or they haven't been seen to be a wild card. Um, but at the same time, there's some people who who do that. <laughs> Sounds really bad. But there's some people who just not good for for TV. <laughs> so like, is is um, is this your very subtle way of of reflecting on on weight again and image? Yeah. So it is a very image thing uh, because what grows the sport, well, what brings money into the sport is TV, and if. You, if you have no personality or you got a face for radio, I'm sorry. And it's very, very bad. <laughs> that you... Yeah, let's face it. A strongman traditionally is not a pretty boy sport. It's usually big, fucking yeah. hairy men lifting big ass weights, yeah. making a whole bunch of noise and screaming. Yeah. That's that's it. Uh, if you're not, um, if you're not, you know, Look at look at pers- uh, who, who I tell you who I like watching is Luke Stoltman. Not his not his um, not his uh, gym ability or his his It's just the way he comes across when he talks. He's funny. He's charming, and he's just like he's awesome on TV. Like so, even if he doesn't do well in the comp, he'll get picked to go on TV because he's going to sell the sport. And at this point in in strongman. You need someone like that to you make need these the personalities. Fan. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's more personality than than look. Like hundred percent, it's much more personality than look. But you need it. Like look at Eddie. Look how much he's changed the sport. Like just by being a big personality that people either hated, loved. But if you hated him, you watched him because you wanted to see him fail. If you loved him, you watched him. You loved him. And then now he's not necessary competing he's he's lovely isn't he? he's, on, he's like a different yeah he doesn't he's need still... to be an arsehole so he just isn't he's just he's, him him yeah, lovely he's self in your face, so and he's going to sport like amazingly like like well you just you've got to look at him because he's leading from the front obviously with with 
people will obviously know that Eddie went through a dramatic weight loss post his his incredible success yeah. with Worlds and retaining its titles and stuff that he decided that it was kind of better for his health and I think probably anyone that has ever seen that that uh, very uh, classic photo of Eddie holding the fan on himself when he's like yeah. at his heaviest <laughs> you go yeah there's no way that any human being should ever get to that size because they just look so uncomfortable and he did incredible he's looking mad I remember everyone's going oh my god have you seen Eddie Hall he has abs it's like yeah guys everyone has those it's just uh, it depends how yeah. much fat it's under <laughs> Strong as fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Abs when he was thirty, you just said, "Yeah, just not in a t-shirt." <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I do think you know, you, as much as as much as I'm going on about how you should be able to qualify for stuff, there is a huge thing about people being good for the sport that should be invited because the sport needs to grow, and for the sport to grow. Um, you need these characters. I, someone pointed out, <laughs> and at the time it upset me, <laughs> it still does a bit. If I was at my level, but playing darts, I'd be well off. I'd be, I'd be loaded. I'd, yeah, I'd be playing darts. I'd be in a <laughs> massive house, lovely car. <laughs> that's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and, and, yeah, and it's that's kind of. I think it's it's such a it's such a bizarre mix because I feel like strongman is still one of the very last decently sized sports where you have people that could be fucking plumbers or engineers or, or like a sparky or whatever. Yeah, like, and and then it's like, oh yeah, but also in my spare time, I'm also literally one of the strongest of the men strongest on the fucking planet. Yeah. And you're like, wait, yeah. what? Can you put yeah. your screwdriver down and let's have a chat over a cup of tea? <laughs> like, this is so strange. Yeah, no, it is crazy. Like, yeah, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not on the the same level as like, um, you know, Lon Charlotte or Mark Felix or stuff like that. Uh, like, they've been there, they lived there, and they, you know, I'm. I'm I'm got my foot in that door. And I'm ready to go through, but yeah, you're earning your place there. Oh yeah, but like that's one competition. They they've been there. I don't know how many years doing it as a thing. And Mark Felix is still a plasterer. Like he should be. You know what I mean? He's a yeah. I, I get to work full time and I finish. And it's only been the last two years that I was just like, I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking go for it. So I've just been busting my balls for the last two years. Before it was just like a hobby. And I was yeah. able to do it. And now I'm tired all the time. I'm grouchy because I can just see like this little dot where I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna succeed. I'm gonna do like a Tom Stolman and become a full timer. So yeah. how, how on earth do you balance that? Like that, it's, it's crazy. Uh, I don't understand <laughs> how, because I mean, uh, so I do a bit of personal training and I'm a sports massage therapist. My job, I mean, PT is not a manual job. Sports massage is a little bit, but it's not too bad. And there are some days where I'm like, oh man, I feel a little bit stiff. I feel a little bit janky trying to get into the session. I can't fucking imagine what you feel like after a full day of plastering and then being like, hey, let's go and hit hit some uh, some 90% 1RM on squats tonight. Uh, uh, uh. I actually, so I work on a building's bedroom yard, so I just throw stuff around all day. So it is quite taxing what, what I do. But it's, um, I don't know, like, you just get on the go. With it. When you rest, that's when you hurt. <laughs> so, 
just just don't stop swimming that's it like dory from uh finding nemo just don't stop swimming man. that's crazy so how how do you go down the avenue of becoming a full-timer is this something that's kind of it's all back with like ad revenue with youtube and getting merch that you can sell on instagram and kind of these traditional ways that people are doing it or are you getting paid through these uh companies how does it work i think at the moment the only way to do it is is find uh, a big company to to support you as a sponsorship um, deal you mean as a sponsorship deal um uh, or do it yourself with training um diet plans um selling selling t-shirts and stuff like that like um i don't you know, you're not gonna make big money and it still takes a lot of your time um so unless you want to do it properly you gotta look for sponsorship but i think the the trick is either be at the top of your game or um or get loads of little sponsors so if one pulls out you're not homeless <laughs> yeah 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 100 so uh in terms of sponsorship how hard is sponsorship to come by in in the field of strongman um you get it's it's quite easy to find free stuff but try and get money out of people that's yeah that's blood from the same type technique so um i'm hoping that now i got my invite to to worlds and there hasn't been a guy representing wales since 1995 since Gary Taylor. It's a big deal. I'm hoping some local Welsh company is going to get patriotic and get behind me. Because <laughs> if I can be um, jobless from now until Worlds, I could put in a good a good stint, I think, come back with at least a final. And then with that, I would have got my place for next year, so it sets up my year nicely. So have you uh, been working up to your previous competitions? Like, have you taken time off of your work? Do you have to kind of take a break from that to give your body the time to recover? Or are you literally like, oh, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on site with the lads on Friday. Uh, I'm competing yeah, over think, in wherever it, on Sunday. Like, I finished Europe's Strongest Man, uh, you know, Europe's uh, uh, Championship. So, and I am... Um, and I would, next day I was in work at six in the morning. And then, um, and then I finished World Strongest Man tour, and I had one day off before I went to work. Back to work. So that was a uh, that was nice. <laughs> yeah. How are you still here, man? What's your what's your kind of like uh, prehab rehab? <laughs> That's why I'm still here. <laughs> I was gonna say like you 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 you've been pretty good with injuries and it sounds like you have like super physical job and then obviously you do probably one of the most physically central nervous system taxing sports there is known to mankind. What do you do? Do you do any treatments? Do you do hot cold stuff? Do you get physio, Cairo? What do you do? I live in the middle of but fuck nowhere. <laughs> I live. I live. Like, I throw myself over this giant rock and crack my back yeah. out every fortnight, and that's about it. Uh, jump in the river. Now, um, honestly, like, um, I, I go for a massage now and then. That's about it, really. Like, yeah. Oh shit, that's <laughs> crazy. Like, yeah, you have to travel like half an hour to to do some form of treatment. 
Have you no, ever thought no. about not living in the arsehole of nowhere? <laughs> well, like maybe like another logical that. human being, like live just just nearby someone, just or even next to someone that could just do something for you. Yeah, just find out who's next door. You can do treatment. Yeah, <laughs> that is absolutely crazy. So, what is kind of the plan going forward for you? So. Is it a case are you going to have to now go forth and re-qualify for, for some of these competitions coming into 2020? With your recent successes, do you just basically auto-qualify for these things? Do you so know that you're going from, to get the invites? From that last event, um, the World Tour, that qualified me for World Strongest Man. The event I'm going to at the end of this month is the World Championship. If I come away with the win on that, that will qualify me for wuss or world ultimate strongman um so that'd be nice um wales um it's just an open comp and then um britain's already qualified that from last year's Wales. so um that's crazy so you're you're uh, are you just working towards those four is that your site for next year how do you plan my, your year out with that so after 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 chatting with eddie um, straight after Worlds, he said, um, train for Worlds. Don't worry about the other. Go and do them. Go and do your best at them. Be your training for Worlds. So work on your fitness because it's a you know, three-day comp. Um, you could kind of work out what the events are by looking last year. So if you look, it's a truck ball. Um, like what he said, like, if you look, what did last year? It was to squat. Um, so the next year will be a deadlift so you so you can work stuff out like that um and then you can kind of train towards it until they release it they don't release it until nearer the time yeah a lot nearer the time yeah but you can kind of work out kind of so i'll be training towards worlds and then i'll go to britain's and give it my best um and then i'll go to wales and hopefully keep my title um, but Wales is all dependent on how close Worlds is to Wales. So if Worlds decides to be within a month away, then I'll go and be a ref at Wales Strongest Man. But if it's further than a month, then I think I'll... I'll um, and and I'll how go. does that work? Are they are they kind of cool with the fact that you can't go, go ahead and do that? And if so, so you just basically just renounce your title regardless because you're, you're not there? Or how does that kind of work? Um, I don't think the person who would have won it would would like it, <laughs> but it's what I would have to do if it's that if it's too close to the worlds. It's what I have to do, but um, hopefully I can do both because I quite like being Wales strongest man. <laughs> it has a pretty favorite. nice ring to it, man. Yeah, 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 a hundred percent. That's that's crazy, man. That's that's awesome. So, um. In regards to kind of your your training ramping up to that, obviously you've already peaked quite heavily this year with with kind of your your training and your maxes and stuff. Are you now kind of in a back off phase? Are you still kind of just? Are you always constantly keeping it comp weight level? Like how do you do it? How do you control it? Um, I, I work up. Um, so my reps will go up, and then my weights will come down. And then, so it works a bit like a pyramid. So I work up to heavy, I drop down to light, work up to heavy, drop down to light. So I'm always giving my body some, some form of rest. And then I listen to my body. So 
last night um, we've done deadlifts. And I'm like, boys, I'm fucked. And they're like, good, we're fucked too. I'm like, let's just do some speed pulls. So we've done speed pulls and I feel great today because it was kind of like a rest. Um, you know, you, you're, you're still working hard, but it's, it's a very, you're not lifting any form of heavy weight. So your body is quite relaxed. And, yeah, it's yeah. nice just like auto-regulating like how you feel from day to day stepping into the gym. So do you do that usually? Um, yeah, just I listen to my body when I when I need to. I I, I let myself rest. Even yeah. if I miss a session. Um, so even if I, I, I miss a heavy session, you got to listen to your body. So you got to make sure you're well rested. Otherwise, you're just going to injure yourself or yeah, and, um, fuck your central nervous system and then you'll be out for a while anyway so yeah 100% so I, I won't keep you too, too much longer I just want to finish off uh, as I always do I always ask a question at the end of every podcast because I'm always interested to hear what people have to say so I want you to imagine just for a split second that you're now stepping back in time uh, and you're kind of going back to visit your your past self kind of 10, 11, 12 years old and you get to step back in time and you get to leave your younger self with uh, kind of uh, one ounce of wisdom, of knowledge, of how to keep yourself going and kind of going through to where you've got yourself through to today. What do you tell your younger self to make sure that you get to where you are today? Um, just enjoy the ride, really. Like, um, everything I've done, I wouldn't change a thing of what I've done. Um, so just enjoy it. Go don't don't try and please anyone just please yourself just make sure you're happy and that, that's all that counts i love that man yeah 100 percent. if you're content and you're just in yourself then it doesn't really matter about anything else does it no yeah, no exactly all the way through your life yeah exactly 100 yeah. awesome man well thank you very much for doing this i really really oh, appreciate you. it I, I wish you all the best for the future i i'm keeping a super close eye on you man and i really hope you go and you fucking smash it next year man Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Take care. Bye.